Welcome to Musings on Marketing. I'm your host, Sabrina DePest, founder of Buffer and Muse, a marketing consulting agency focused on helping people scale their marketing efforts. Tune in each episode for insightful conversations about life behind the scenes of a marketer and how our guests are helping to shape the future of the industry within their organizations. You walk away with insightful tips and takeaways to incorporate into your business and organization. This is Musings on Marketing. Hi, welcome to Musings on Marketing. Today's guest is Trish McLean, Chief Marketing Officer of Visit Baltimore, the official destination marketing organization for Baltimore. Trish, it is a pleasure to have you. I'm so excited to get into this conversation. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So can you tell us a little bit more about you, where you're from, school you went to, and how you got to where you are now as a CMO for Visit Baltimore? Absolutely. Uh, well, I'm a Taurus, so that might give you some <laughs> indication of my uh, personality, uh, but was born in Baltimore County. Um, my parents divorced when I was young, so I always had one parent in the city and one parent in the county and you know, just loved being downtown. I was um, in the generation where Harbor Place was being built and the aquarium, and it was just so fun to visit and explore. Um I went to uh, school at the University of Maryland and studied marketing and really was um, enticed to do that, frankly, from a TV show. I was that kid who picked her career from watching Bewitched. (laughs) Didn't want to be that stay-at-home mom, but loved what Darren did, you know, in advertising and selling um, cool ideas to brands. And I thought that's something I got to check out. So um That's how I followed that path. And um, my first couple of jobs out of school were in the nonprofit sector, um, but quickly found um, an ad agency job that gave me amazing experience. Um, My first account was McDonald's Restaurants. And at that time, you know, they were the premier in fast food, but they also were everywhere. So it was a great exposure to the advertising world in terms of all the different channels that are possible. Um, They were very invested in test marketing and learning new things. And so on the forefront of a lot of what was happening, not only in advertising, especially digital marketing, um, but also just in terms of restaurant operations and how a brand can evolve and expand over time. So it was a great training ground. And I learned a lot from not only that ad agency experience, but from McDonald's Corporation overall, um, some of those marketing tools I still employ today. That is awesome. So you went from, um, so you you had this passion from this TV show and the influence <laughs> of a of a brand on on you choosing marketing as a career. And um, I know you spent some time in the ad agency world. So can you tell us a little bit about how you transitioned from um, this ad agency to now working as a CMO for Visit Baltimore? Absolutely. Um, So with the ad agency background, um, McDonald's in particular was very intense. And so you couldn't really explore other brands to work on. There just wasn't the time. And I wanted to, you know, see a little bit more. Um, What I quickly found was transitioning to other brands. There were a lot of parallels that you could learn from fast food that you could apply to. I worked on the Maryland State Lottery. I worked on different restaurant accounts. Um, I worked on um, siding, home products. And there still was a lot that was very consistent in terms of strategy approach, tactics, knowing your audience, all of those things. Um, But eventually, 
you end up working on brands that you may not have a passion for. And um, so my the brand I was working on right before I moved to visit Baltimore was a, a siding product. And um, while we did great work for them, it was not something I felt completely um, invested in. And so this opportunity came up with Visit Baltimore. Um, I didn't even realize that uh, destination marketing organizations existed. So the industry itself uh, was fascinating to me. And so made the shift and quickly found that it's also a refreshingly non-competitive industry. It's interesting. You know, most times when you're marketing a brand, you're watching what all the competition is doing and you're trying to get ahead of them. We certainly have competitive cities. However, as an industry, we learn from each other because we know that visitors want all kinds of experiences. They can go to your destination and somebody else's and somebody else's and somebody else's. What we try to do in Baltimore is make sure that they see what's unique and different about what we have to offer, that you can experience something here in Baltimore that is dramatically different from DC or Philadelphia and worthy of your time. And so that's where we really focus in on what we can do that pulls us out of that sea of sameness. Why Baltimore? Why is it important? Why is it worth a visit? That's amazing. And as a native of Baltimore, I was born in Baltimore County and now live in Baltimore City. And uh, for those of you that don't know, Trish and I um, met a few years back as I was invited to participate in listening sessions as Visit Baltimore was undergoing a rebrand and um, thought that entire experience was not only illuminating, but so important and so refreshing to see that there's energy and investment into um, bringing people to the city, whether they are local, regional, national, international. Um, so that experience alone, uh, uh, kudos to you and your team and the partners that worked on that rebrand. And I'm curious to know, um, you, you mentioned uh, that this industry, uh, destination um, industry, isn't necessarily competitive and you're learning from others, um, other cities, other organizations. But how would you describe how marketing Baltimore is different across cultures or across areas. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for being part of that original rebranding process. That was really transformative for the brand overall. And some of what we did was um, intentional in terms of looking at the different audiences based on the conversations that we had. Um, we came very quickly um, to the conclusion that a lot of our surrounding county residents are probably the most negative about what Baltimore City has to offer. Um, and because of that, we actually put in place some campaigns that tried to build regional and citywide pride in the assets that we do have. Um, we're frankly bombarded with negative news. Um, and certainly there are terrible things that happen um, in cities and in our city as well. But there's a lack of balance, I think, within the local region in terms of the positives. Um, and so we're hit over the head with all the negative things. And so we have to really work very hard to bring those county dwellers back to the city to see what we've got to offer, um, to get the excitement from you know the Orioles being in the playoffs and um, the concerts that are happening in town, the big name acts that are coming. Um, so we really try very hard to get those folks to come down 
And the, the, the event itself might be the hook, but then there are opportunities to extend your stay, to even do a staycation, to see all the things that we have to offer, to taste the amazing culinary scene. Um, and so those messages are a little bit different than say what we would put out to visitors coming from a little further away, maybe from a several hour drive or coming in on the train or flying in. A lot of times the perception, because we're a a smaller city than DC, Philadelphia, New York, LA, Chicago. Um, We don't have the resources to scream quite as loudly as we would like to, but we try to focus in on those audiences that are comfortable with urban exploration, um, that are folks that again, want to collect experiences versus things. Um, They want to see what's different about our destination versus another. And so our messaging to them is a little bit more um, storytelling oriented because they, if they have a perception of Baltimore, it might be slightly negative, but oftentimes they have no perception. Um, They really don't know what to think. And when we get them here, we're able to wow them. They see all the things that we have to offer. They see the value that it is um, compared to a bigger city. They see how accessible it is. You know, we've got Penn Station right here. It's so easy to get up and down, uh, especially the Northeast Corridor. We've got a great airport with lots of direct Southwest flights. Um, so really we're drawing those people in with um, all of the different things to see and do. Arts and culture is a huge driver for folks coming from outside of the market. We have uh, with the BMA, the world's largest Matisse exhibit. It's amazing and it's free. Uh, you know, So we really try to highlight all of those different aspects of the city um, that really drive people for um, different experiences that they couldn't get anywhere else. Yeah, so um, that's really wonderful to hear. And just recently, I was traveling on Southwest and was on the Southwest app. And because I was flying into Baltimore, I was able to see things to do in Baltimore. And so I thought that was really, really unique um, and very intentional. And I was excited to see all the places like the BMA, the Baltimore Museum of Art, um, being featured on that. So um, can you can you talk about which channels you see are either the most um, impactful, whether that's for regional, local uh, visitors that you see are beneficial um, to, you know, put your resources and energy and investments into attracting people here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Because we don't have the big budgets of larger cities, we do have to be uh, very efficient with our marketing spend. Um, And so we do that with the types of channels that can be extremely hyper-targeted. So digital is huge for us. Um, We really are able to not only target the audiences that we feel are most likely to enjoy our city, um, but we also have a lot of trackability there so we can prove return on investment and make sure that we're always optimizing those channels so that we can either rinse and repeat or move on and find something that is more effective. I would say for us, again, because awareness of Baltimore is low, um, we try to put a significant amount into video. We do a lot of connected TV or OTT um, because we've found that a simple print ad or even a billboard for someone who doesn't know anything about Baltimore, it's very difficult to understand the complexity of the city, um, the people that are here, the diversity and culture. And so video really gives us that opportunity to show the walkability, um, that it is safe, that there's fun nightlife, that the water and the scenery on the water and the ability to be right in front of the water versus 
versus some cities where it's hidden. Um, all of those aspects that um, are frankly attractive and compelling, uh, we can get across much more easily from a video standpoint. Uh, we do a certain amount of print um, as well as outdoor and transit. Um, the outdoor tends to be more regionally focused because we can highlight things that are more immediate like events and festivals. Uh, we do a lot of outdoor in the region for holiday time period to remind people in the surrounding counties of the things to see and do. Um, so those are more of sort of our local approaches, but I would say the digital and video in particular are huge. And then um, social. Uh, people are finding a lot of their things to do, itineraries um, on social media. And so we have a good mix of um, organic, but also uh, targeted paid social media that we put out there as well. Yeah, I love it. And as a, a person who loves to travel and and visit um, places, yeah, my, my go-to would be Instagram, TikTok. And I'm glad to see that you all are uh, <laughs> optimizing those, those the digital channels and video in particular. Um, so with that said, you, you talked a lot about uh, the different um, channels and ways in which that you attract uh, visitors, whether they're local or regional. Um, what has been the the best or the most memorable campaign um, that you've executed or launched? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, the initial campaign um, with our rebrand was the most memorable. And I think as you alluded to, um, Sabrina, with the process that we went through, it made it all the more rewarding because we brought, uh, I think in the end, we counted 200 participants in that process um, from stakeholder workshops to one-on-one -on -one interviews, um, to focus group research, to um, actual creatives from the local community that contributed to the conversations. And so that being such a collaborative effort and then coming back to them with our recommended campaign um, was really fulfilling because everyone embraced it so wholeheartedly. Um, we had Kondwani Fidel serve as the lead copywriter for the campaign and he coined um, the tagline, your people are here. Um, we were able to even in the midst of um, the beginning of COVID shutdown, we had just gotten two photo shoots in um, right before that. And um, our agency was able to come up with a collage um, technique that allowed us to superimpose uh, really cool influencers and key figures from the community over top of different backgrounds so that when we were shut down and not able to shoot, we didn't have to limit what people were seeing in terms of the, the best parts of the city. Um, and so we were able to launch that again, during the pandemic, so not with the fanfare that we had hoped. Um, but frankly, some of our placements stayed up far longer uh, than they would have if we had been in a usual situation. And so people were still seeing bus shelters and transit ads and um, billboards and things and sending us pictures and so excited and amplifying the message and all of those people who had voice in the conversations that led to it. Uh, we're just so excited to be able to be proud of the messaging for the city. And so we did a combination, again, of local and regional messaging. Kadwani was, again, a big part of that. But making sure that people could feel, um, feel that sense of pride and the fact that, again, we are a, a more than worthy destination with so many things to offer. So that was really exciting. 
Yeah. And, and to this day, you know, I, I see the, the banner um, placements uh, near the convention center along Pratt street. And uh, I follow some of those uh, local artists or influencers that you all um, uh, invited to be part of it. And they're still resharing. I see them in magazines. So it's, it's, a tremendous campaign um, that I, I really do feel is super intentional with how uh, you all are telling the story about Baltimore. Um, so I appreciate you <laughs> you, uh, you sharing that that experience with us. Um, so with with the most memorable campaign, um, what are some of the the challenges that you face as a CMO of uh, a destination marketing organization? And can you talk about um, some things that you've uh, experienced that have been challenging and or overcome those challenges? Yeah, absolutely. I would say um, one of the biggest challenge is a lack of resources. Um, we are funded by hotel tax revenue. Um, and so when um, COVID hit and hotels were closed, it was very difficult to continue. But we saw that those destinations that were marketing and advertising regularly were still in people's minds, even if they couldn't make an immediate trip, they were putting plans in place for that over the long term. So we do our best to keep our messaging out there. We just have to be very targeted with the geographies and the audiences. Um, we can't have the national and international messaging that some of the other destinations have. Um, so we, we feel like we punch above our weight for what we've got, um, but it is a challenge because there are a lot of opportunities out there. And sometimes we have to say, know because we just just can't afford them. Um, I would say another challenge is just a lack of understanding overall of the value of tourism. Um, we really feel that our mission is to improve the quality of lives of our citizens in Baltimore City. Um, and we do that by driving economic impact. It's one of the only um, industries where people are coming from outside of your community and spending their money here, um, which then goes back to the city's general fund, which then helps the citizens, whether that's infrastructure, schools, you know, services. And so it's difficult sometimes for community members to understand that connection and realize that tourism is important because it reduces your tax burden. Mm -hmm. um, and so we try with our board and our stakeholders and our industry members to always be speaking about the benefit that tourism has, that the attraction of visitors is really a beneficial piece of job creation, of um career opportunities and making sure that we have a vibrant and thriving city. Um, so that's one of the, the challenges is just continuing to reinforce that. Um, and then also looking for other resources, uh, whether they be grant opportunities or other funds that we can use to, to continue to do our work. Yeah, that's, that's something new that I, that I learned um, just in this conversation of how important it is to to socialize the importance of of tourism, and um, as as you know, I'm I'm the director of marketing for MICA Maryland Institute College of Art here, and we face similar challenges to attract families and whether they're uh, national or international to uh, the area to explore campus and to um, apply to the school, attend the school, and so on and so forth. So how how do you and your team um, work with anchor institutions to help um, align the brand and Baltimore's image and storytelling to provide resources to our institutions um, in order to attract people to not only visit, but to, to, to stay and to, 
circulate their their dollars in the city? Yeah, um, great question. Very early on when we launched the brand, we did a lot of roadshows. Um, we went to a lot of different organizations and institutions, in particular um, universities, arts organizations, um, to convey this very same message, the value of tourism, how we got to the brand, what the brand means, all the storytelling behind it, um, because we don't feel like we should own the brand exclusively. We want everybody to be shouting the same story from the rooftops, you know, to amplify the same messaging. And so that was one step that we took. We put a brand toolkit together and we distributed that widely to make sure that uh, because we had incorporated all of these different uh, voices into the development of the campaign, that everybody felt like they owned it, could also share um, in addition to that, we have representatives from different organizations like uh, Live Baltimore, Downtown Partnership, GBC, you know, that sit on different committees or our board. So they're always seeing um, what we're doing and can help amplify it as well. In fact, um, if you saw the Orioles City Connect jerseys this year, you know, Kondwani was a, a consultant on the development of that. And I think it's a beautiful next iteration of our brand, the fact that from the outside, you see, um, you know, a black jersey with white lettering, but when you flip the cuffs, it's the mosaic of our neighborhoods and the culture and all of the different personalities that make up the city. And so we love that there's a there's a synergy there. We want everybody to feel that they can, you know, find something in the brand that we've developed and use it as a launch pad for other things. Um, I would say specifically with the institutions and universities, um, we do sit on the board of the College Town, Baltimore College Town Network. Um, and so we're very uh, aligned there as well in providing resources, data, information. We make our visitor guides available to all of the institutions for their admission offices, for families that are coming to see um, what there is to see and do across the city. Um, we also have workforce development programs. Um, and so we reach out to the institutions with those opportunities, whether they be for apprentice programs or for um, actual jobs, whether they be part-time full time. Um, but really, it's just a matter of keeping those relationships going, um, being in the conversation at the table with many of the organizations to see how we can provide assistance and resources. And again, to encourage that we're all telling the same story so that we can hopefully, uh, without any of us having all the resources ourselves, combine those efforts and speak louder together. Yeah, throughout this whole conversation, you know, the theme that's coming up for me is is this collaboration, right? Um, community and collaboration. And you started the conversation um, with this industry in general being very collaborative and and not um, as competitive as you would see in other industries. And so I I love to see that that's really embedded in your values and and the way that you approach the work that you do. Um, so I, I thank you for the the resources, and I'll I'll be sure to make sure that our teams, our admissions teams, and everyone has the resources that they need to help tell the story and amplify that same message that you're um that you're mentioning. Um so I I asked all of my guests uh the same question and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on how you define marketing. That's a good one. Um I would say at its core it's really about storytelling. Um it's creating an impression or emotional connection to a brand that might not have existed before. Um, and so I think that I talk about sometimes when I'm presenting kind of branding and storytelling to um, internal teams, um, you know, there was a Archduke 
at some point back in Prussia who um, his people were starving and um, he was trying to find a new food source for them. I think the wheat crop had failed for the year, but potatoes were doing great. Well, nobody ate potatoes and they looked at potatoes and they're like, you know, you look at a raw potato and it's dirty and it looks like a rock, like who's going to eat that? Um, Well, he created this whole um, perception that the potato was this valuable thing by building a royal garden and growing potatoes and, and, and being out in the community eating potatoes. And so everybody saw them and said, what am I missing? There's value in that. And that's literally, I think what marketing is, is taking something that people are either unaware of or maybe have a a slight misperception of and creating that story around it, which hopefully is a true story, right? You're not trying to make something up, but just shining a light on the real benefits of it. Um, And how do you take that and then create that positive perception that makes everybody want to follow along? Yeah, I love that definition. And there's a little bit of persuasion involved, but at at its core, it's really... um getting people hooked onto this message or this product or this service that can benefit them at the end of the day. Um, so I, I love that. So Trish, what is the the best part of your job? Oh my gosh. There are so many great parts of my job. I think again, the industry is so refreshing and, you know, travel nourishes the soul. And I think that as travel marketers, you know, we have to remember all of those things that um, people get out of new experiences. And that can be travel in your own backyard too, right? It doesn't have to be across the world, but, you know, people are looking for cultural immersion. They're looking for, um, you know, a, a revitalization sometimes, you know, a way to get out of a rut and i think travel really can can spark all of those things it keeps you engaged it keeps you interested it keeps you curious um and so being able to show people how to experience that in our destination um is thrilling I, you know we all say to know baltimore is to love baltimore and there's nothing more satisfying than when we bring a group to town whether it's journalists or a convention group that's never been here and even our peers who may be marketing other destinations and they come here they're wowed they are consistently surprised in a very positive way about what they see and what they experience. And so I think that's the best thing is shining a light on that surprise, um, being able to say, I told you, (laughs) right? Like you you just had to come and experience it. And now that they have, we get, you know, even more ambassadors who go back out and, and can help us change that perception and, and make it overwhelmingly positive. So I think that's the best part. That sounds amazing. Um, I, I love that you're in this in this role too. And uh, again, just appreciate all of the work that you and your team are, are doing to attract people here. Um, what has been the most helpful book you've read or podcast you've listened to that has helped you in your day-to-day, whether that's spark an idea or solve a challenge that you might be facing? Um, it's hard to pick one. Um, I, as soon as Ted came out many, many years ago, I was a huge fan. I, I am a lifelong learner. I'm very curious and I love to hear, um, other ways that people are achieving goals. Um, I'm a huge Brene Brown fan, um, listen to everything, read everything that she puts out. Um, 
Adam Grant and Simon Sinek. I love them all. Um, I think probably most recently, um, one of the books that I, I carry around with me is Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, it's been out for a while now, but I continually find extremely practical, easy to implement tidbits every single day, you know, just about you got, you know, that he says the, the hardest thing about um, losing weight is, is just getting to the door of the gym, you know, like how do you put things in place that are easy to get you to where you're trying to go? And sometimes it's just starting, just start. It, it does, you don't have to have this big, huge plan. You don't have to have every step worked out. Just start, you know, start today. You don't have to wait. You know, how do you do that? And um, one of the quotes that he says, and I might butcher it, but it's something like, your current habits are perfectly designed to deliver your current results. Mm. And I love that because if you're happy where you are, awesome. Don't do anything different. But if you want something to change or you want to be better at something, or you want something different to happen in your life, you have to control that. And so you have to put new habits in place in order to get there. And I just that always resonates with me. And it's something that I, I share with my team as well. You know, if you love your current position, you don't want to grow anymore. That's fine. Let's, we'll keep you there. But like, if you aspire to be something different, something more, let's, let's work towards that as well. But that means, you know, you have to put some steps in place to get there. Yeah, um, definitely. We'll take those notes. And I've had Atomic Habits on my book list forever. And oh, um, you have to read it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking it as a sign to, to start it. Um, it's it's so great. It's one of those that I have dog-eared and underlined and took, you know, there just just some great quotes and tidbits in there um, that, that really jump out that, that just stay with me. I would say the other one is Ted Lasso. I don't know if you've watched oh, yeah. Ted Lasso, but like <laughs> I, the, I the first some, season, of, yeah. <laughs> some of the wisdom there as well is, is super practical. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, I know your team is, is probably very lucky to have you as their leader. Um, and I appreciate you sharing, sharing those, those quotes and, and, and that book as well. Um, so Trish, where can listeners find out more about you and Visit Baltimore? Uh, well, Visit Baltimore, we have a website that we launched with the rebrand, um, and it's very um, timely in terms of events and things to do, but also has a lot of evergreen content if you want to explore different neighborhoods or um, see different themed experiences, learn how to pick a crab, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, it's a great resource and it's available at baltimore.org. Um, it also has uh, links to our digital visitor guide. So if you don't get a print copy, you can see all the things that are happening. Um, it comes out twice a year. Um, so those are great resources for sort of up to the date uh, information. Um, I will say there's probably not a lot of information on me out there, <laughs> uh, but certainly can reach out to me at Visit Baltimore. I'm happy to uh answer questions, chat with anyone, um, introduce anyone to uh, this particular industry, which really has been um, so refreshing and, and exciting for me to be a part of for the last five years. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Trish. This has been an amazing conversation. Can't wait to just re-listen <laughs> again, but thanks again for your time and we'll chat soon. Thanks for having me. 